All right, y'all, welcome back to Uplift. It's Erica Looning. This is my podcast. So you could be listening to my actual podcast or watching on YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, you're going to see me shift my, my focus from the camera to the computer because I'm going to tell you about a new program that will set your life on fire. So I want to take you back to before I had my first weight loss transformation, before I got into fitness, before I was a gym owner, and I'm sure you've heard this story a million times, but if you're new here, I want to tell you that I was not this person that I am now. And I feel like I've said this so many times, so just hang in there with me. But it's so important for you to know because I see so many people that come into my life either through the gym or just meeting people wherever that are not living their full potential and have no idea. Like you don't even know what's possible for you until you step out of your comfort zone and you achieve things that you didn't think that you could achieve. It is the most liberating thing. It opens your eyes to an entirely new world. So before I had a gym, before I even built, started building this business in my backyard, I was kind of like a crushed person and I didn't know it. Like I was lost. I, and I didn't, I didn't have a bad life. So I don't want to paint this picture that I had a bad life, but I feel like in my early adulthood, you know, I lost my best friend at 19 and it was abruptly, she got in a drinking and driving accident. And what, let me just tell you the story because it's a, it's a, it's a lot. This was my best friend that I got in a fight with three months before she died. We went to LSU together. We lived in the Miller Mansion sorority dorm and we lived right across the hall from each other. The only thing that separated us was the bathroom in the middle. And we didn't talk for three months because I was such a bad friend to her on her birthday night. But you know what happened was the reason why I was a bad friend, not to make excuses for myself, but I drank way too much and I did something totally out of character and I hurt her. And I defended myself you know, because I didn't like the way, what she had done to me before, which I don't even remember, you know, it's so trivial. But I defended myself and because I drank too much, I took it too far. I did something that sober me would have had more control over my actions doing. And so for the next three months of her life, we didn't talk. My best friend, we lived right across the hall from each other. And one night I saw her, I didn't do any of the sorority things. That really wasn't my thing, but she did. She was a, a Delta Gamma and everybody loved her. I mean, just tell you, like, if you knew her, you loved her. Her funeral was in a two story church and there was not, there was not even standing room. I've never seen so many people go to a funeral before, but one night I got off work. I worked at a seafood restaurant, which I was a terrible waitress. And I was sitting outside of the dorm smoking a cigarette. And I really didn't have many people at this time that I hung out with. And college was a weird experience for me because even though I'm outgoing, it seems like now I really wasn't then unless I was drinking. So I was sitting there smoking my cigarette on the bench in front of the dorms. And Remy walks by. 
And something was different this time when I saw her. I wanted to talk to her so badly. And I just, I smiled at her and she smiled back at me. And I will never forget this moment with her. And it was almost like when our eyes, like I was sitting on the bench and she looked over her shoulder at me as she was walking off with her friends to go out that night. And it was almost like when our eyes locked, we apologized to each other. We let everything go. Like I could feel the forgiveness coming from her. And I hope that she felt how sorry I was coming out of me. And so uh, I talked to our mutual friend, Sean, that night. And I was like, Sean, I saw Remy, and I'm going to talk to her tomorrow. And I'm going to apologize. Like, I can't believe I've been such a jerk for so long. And, like, I can't believe that I've had, like, let my ego get in the way, that I haven't been friends with my best friend, that I live across the hall with. We moved here together and haven't seen her. I'm putting an end to this. I'm going to call her tomorrow. And she's like, Erica, that's great because I just talked to Ramy. And, um, you know, I was at a party that she was at. And she said the same thing. Like, she can't wait to talk to you. She wants to be friends. And we got to let all this stuff go. And I was like, what a dream come true. What a dream come true. And so I went to bed that night in my dorm. I had, you know, a little twin-size bed. There's like six feet in between my bed and my roommate's bed on the other side. It's a very small dorm room. And I just was like on cloud nine. I'm like, this is the best day ever. Like, I'm so thankful that she doesn't hate me and that she will forgive me and that we can be friends again. And in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night, someone came into my room. Someone walked into my room. And I'm sorry, I'm, I can't tell this story without crying. And then I'm also sick right now, so my voice is a little off. But someone came into my room. And the only reason they were able to get into my room is because my roommate drank too much and left the freaking door wide open. But someone came in and shook me, woke me up, said, Erica, Erica, you have to get up. Ramey died. My. My world. Came down. My world came down. I couldn't even understand the words that this person was saying to me. How is this possible? I just saw her last night. We were supposed to talk today and make up. What do you mean she died? How did she die? Ravy got to drink in a driving accident. From what I understand, she got into an argument with one of her sorority sisters or someone at the party and she decided to leave after drinking. And we were at LSU, I told you at Baton Rouge, and she was gonna drive to Lafayette. An hour, I can't remember how far away it is, it's at least an hour. She was gonna drive to Lafayette to go see her boyfriend. And so she got on the interstate 
and she got off at the gross tet exit and i guess she was discombobulated from drinking and she got back on the gross tet exit going the same direction she came from so now she's driving on i-10 going against traffic she sideswiped an 18 wheeler and this she didn't die yet she was okay the guy in the 18 wheeler pulled over and so did my friend Remy. They were on opposite sides of the interstate. And she pulled over in her Jeep Cherokee, facing against traffic, but on the shoulder. And he said, he told us because he, my, Remy's mother got in contact with him. And he said he walked over to her Jeep. Or he was getting ready to walk over to her Jeep. And a truck, an F-250, swerved off the road and hit Ramey's Jeep. It flipped her Jeep. And when that happened, the steering wheel, Ramey was such a petite girl. She sat so close to the steering wheel. The steering wheel was crushing her. And he said that he took his shirt off and he put it over because the glass from the windshield was falling on her. And all she kept saying was, I'm so sorry. Tell my mom I'm so sorry. She was alive. I can't imagine how scared my friend was. But she was alive. And from what I understand is when they took her out of the car, she died on the way to the hospital from internal bleeding. I imagine the steering wheel was kind of holding everything together. The people in that F-250 were doing things they should not have been doing. And they were distracted by her headlights and hit her car. I have never openly really recorded this story. It's been a big source of hurt in my life for a long time because I never got that second chance to talk to Ramey and to tell her that I was so deeply sorry that I took her for granted, that I made a massive mistake. How crazy that I go to bed so hopeful and so excited to talk to her the next day and it was ripped away from me. It's heartbreaking. It's the most heartbreaking story I've ever heard. And it belongs to me. Why? Why does that story belong to me? Why did I have to go through that? And I really think that it was to shape my life that God needed me to share the things that I've been through to give somebody else hope. I don't think that she had to die for that to happen, but we do have free will and we can make our own choices and God can't keep us from making our own choices. He can't stop us. So Ravy put herself in a bad situation that took her life. So we were only 19. So I want you to know that story because from there is where I felt like my life 
started to spiral out of control. I didn't think I was going to, I actually didn't intend on telling this story and having this podcast episode be, be crying to you, but I guess this is what I needed to share today to impact you. Somebody is supposed to hear this. So from that point forward, the hope was taken out of my life. My best friend was taken, but because of the situation that was robbed from me, I lost hope. Life wasn't positive. I saw the bad that can happen in life. I felt that to my core. My body hurt after she died. I lived with so much regret that the last three months of my best friend's life, I didn't talk to her because I was such a jerk. And from there, I drank. I drank everything away. I didn't want to feel it. I didn't want to face myself. I drank so much. And Katrina hit in New Orleans. And so we were displaced, you know, everybody. There wasn't many people living here. And I got a bartending job when I came back home. And a lot of people had some extra money from FEMA. They gave out $2,000 for every person. And a lot of people used that in the bar. So it just fueled my lifestyle. I worked in a bar. I, I lived in a bar. I met some of my friends. I met my husband in that bar. And that's all we did was we drank. And it was just the perfect storm of all the wrong timing for me to have a productive life. I was still in college. I still continued on, but I drank every single night until the sun came up. And sometimes I drank and then went straight into work or I'd call into work from the bathroom. I worked for my grandparents and they could hear the echo of the bathroom. They knew I wasn't at home sick, but I just, I had to say that because I couldn't face what I was doing, you know, it's just, I had to numb myself. I smoked so much, so many cigarettes, drank. I had such an unhealthy lifestyle and all that did, it was most of my twenties, was it shaped me into this person that I didn't like. I had no hope. I had no self-confidence because everything I did, I had to be drunk to do. I was crushed. I feel like I had, to, I didn't even know who I was. And so when I began building this gym, it gave me a new identity. It gave me hope again. It gave me something really positive to work on. And this changed my life. I had to face that I was living below the bar, that I was not put here to keep living the same life that I had been living. I am not a drunk. Although if you looked at my lifestyle, you would think that I was, and I knew something had to change. So I did it. Everything came to a halt. I stopped drinking. First, I wanted to quit smoking. The only way I could quit smoking was to stop drinking. So I quit drinking. It was the best thing I ever did in my life. Because from there, I felt the pain and I had to sit with it and I had to actually let myself heal because in the 
seven, eight years since Raimi died, almost a decade, I hadn't healed from her death. I drowned it. I drank it away. I didn't want to feel anything. I didn't want to face anything. So now when I quit drinking, everything came back and it came back worse. And it hurt so bad. And that healing I did was the best thing I could have ever done for myself. And I could have never done it if I didn't quit drinking. You know, Raimi died that day. But she still lives on through me and our friendships and our memories and our stories. And I am still alive. So that means that I am still here for a reason. And I need to learn something from this whole situation and pay that forward. Teach somebody else. Teach my kids. Teach anybody that'll listen. Not to settle for a life that is below what you are called to live. Not to settle for a life that is below your standards. You have got to raise the bar because you know you could die at any point. And this isn't supposed to be a morbid talk. But we are not guaranteed tomorrow. But a lot of us are living like it. And a lot of us are settling for days that don't bring us complete joy, that don't make us so energized and excited to get out of bed. And that is what I want to change for you. I want you to wake up and feel activated, on fire to live your life because you still have breath in your lungs and your heart is still beating. And that is a gift. If it stops, you can't turn it back on. It's a machine that is run by God inside of us, and you have got to use every second of it. And so when I see people coming to the gym and they're putting in zero effort or they're struggling all the time, they're constantly battling their own demons in their head because we all have something going on. Or if I see that they don't have confidence in themselves, Or if I see they share with me that they're struggling with an addiction. It breaks my heart because I can feel that pain. I'm like, I've been there. I've been there. I've been extremely low. There have been times in that period when I was drinking that I wondered, like, why am am I alive? This sucks. This life sucks. What am I even doing here? Why do I have to live like this? Because I felt out of control. I didn't feel like I had control over this. And now I know. Now I know that I have control of my life. That I am in control of everything. And that it is my duty and my obligation to myself and to God to live up to his standards. That at the end of my life, He's going to say, this is what I had pictured for you, for you. And these are the gifts I gave you. And how, you know, I already know the answers, but how did you use the gifts I gave you? Were you bold and brave? And did you go out there and share them and change someone's life? And did you wake up every day really excited to have the life that I gave you? And I never want that answer to be like, no, I hated it. I hated life. It sucked. It was miserable. People are jerks. I hated my job. Like, can you imagine telling Jesus that? Like, I gave you this gift. Did you love it? Did you love the present I gave you? Did you love the gift? And you're like, no, 
It was all right. I drank it away. I did drugs. Ruined my temple, ruined my body because I just smoked cigarettes and ate junky food all the time. I really didn't care. Had a really bad attitude. I was pretty mean to people too. Paid that forward. No, y'all. No. Like you have got to wake up. And that is why I named my next program Awaken. Because I want it to be awakened inside of you how valuable you are, how precious your life is, and that every single day, even when there's hard times, even when there's death, even when there's loss and things that you should legitimately mourn, that you are still happy to be alive, that you are thankful to have your life, and that you are putting your best foot forward every single day. That you are going for the next level. When you achieve the next level, then you go to the next level. And when you achieve that next level, you go to the next level after that. And you keep climbing because there's no ceiling and there's no limits to what we can achieve. And we don't even have any idea what we were called to do and what we were supposed to do here. And we have no idea how big of a life we could have until we start putting in the work to uncover it little by little, step by step, level by level. But if you're constantly living at the bottom of the barrel, you'll never figure that out. If you never exercise and eat healthy foods and treat yourself right, you're never going to feel good about yourself. You're never going to have that energy to take you to the next level. You're never going to discover how strong you are. You're never going to discover all the gifts you have, how valuable you are, what a great person you are. So it is your duty to wake up, to live your life. And so in my Awaken program, we're hitting the four Fs. These are my four favorite Fs. Faith, that fuels it all. Fitness, that fuels your body and your mind. Family, because you can't do anything without them. And finances, because if your finances are in a wreck, your whole life feels like it's in a wreck. And so that's what I'm going to have in this mentorship program. This is not a fitness challenge where you have a start and an end date and you're trying to lose weight in this period of time. How, how much pounds can you lose? How much body fat can you lose? You know, restriction on your diet. That is not what this is. This is next level. This is like boss mode. I feel like the other stuff is fun and it has its place, fitness challenges. But compared to this, I feel like that's like the kitty stuff. You dip into those every now and then just to like spice it up and to have some fun. But this is like the womanhood stuff. This is the queen, the boss stuff. Okay, we're going to evolve together in this program. You're going to feel so awakened. I cannot wait. If this speaks to you, if this moves you, then this program's for you. If you can't believe that I just cried on video for you to you for like over 20 minutes and you're like, this girl's blabbering about stuff I don't even get. It's, it has, you're not there yet, but you might be. If something's stirring inside of you and you're like, I want to find out how good I can be, 
I am sick of sitting at home and being lazy and complacent and trashing my body with alcohol and bad foods and negative thoughts and no self-belief and no confidence. If you're over that, you're with me. We're about to do this. It's going to be freaking amazing. You are going to love it. When we get to 2024, the end of 24, it's not going to be like, oh, you know, at the beginning of the year, I resolved to do all these things. I had all these New Year's resolutions and look, I didn't achieve them again. Still didn't lose the weight. Still didn't make the money I wanted. I'm still hot tempered. Still didn't get to go travel the world like I wanted. Still don't have my confidence. That's not going to happen. We are going to have you awakened. So at the end of 24, you're proud. Proud AF of who you are and the work you put in and that band-aid you ripped off where you said, I'm not settling anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. Break in your cycle. So stay tuned into my Instagram, my Facebook, this email, and you'll get the details that you need if you're interested in doing Awakened with me. Like I said, there's not a six-week period to commit to. This is elevating your, your faith, elevating your fitness, eating healthy foods that fuel you without being on a restrictive diet. You'll learn how to cook. You're going to learn how to be a better parent. Have more patience because you're believing in yourselves. You have more confidence. You're on a completely different level that you didn't even know was possible. So what happens when you hang out with queens, when, with bosses, with people who are taking their life to the next level all the time, who aren't settling? Other people will say, you're showing off. You know, if you go hard in the gym, you're really challenging yourself and see what you're made of. There's always somebody that's like, show off. And it might be a joke, but every time they say that, I think, gosh, I'm only pushing myself. I'm only seeing what I'm capable of. If this looks like I'm showing off to you, I'm sorry that you're settling. We're going to show out, all right? Thanks for listening in. If you need anything, you can always reach out to me. There's no judgment here. I am your friend through it all. I've been through a lot. I can mentor you. I can just be a listening ear. Or I can help you make a 180 in your life to where you are living like a boss. Living proud. Living energetic. Living on purpose. Living in your purpose. All right, y'all. Let's go. Have a great rest of your day. Bye.